Yud Chet, Chai Av, Tavshin Ayin Hey, we're coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. was a really good one. Yom Shaloyachzar. Sorry that we cut that a bit. When Rami Kleinstein knew off of um, 
the album that he is uh, currently working on. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern Time, 4 PM Israel Time, live on the stream at NachumSiegel.com, on the Nachum Siegel Network app. But of course, we're also available on demand, and many of you are listening on demand. We know that. You can do it by going to NachumSiegel.com and uh, listening via the archives. You can do it on the app's archive, the archive via the app, or you can actually get an i um, a podcast subscription to this show via iTunes and have it downloaded into your device each and every week, no matter how you're listening. We thank you so much for doing so, and we appreciate it. We're going to uh, be the voting Today's show, mostly, probably, if not all, to the current situation in Israel, the tremendous upheaval that was caused by the events of last week, and we'll go through them. We will, what do they call it now, we'll unpack it for you, we'll give you the facts, and then we'll give you some analysis as well. We're going to do all of that and more immediately following this song, Ephraim Shamir. This is a classic of his that he did live. I don't remember exactly where I got it from, but here it is. Ephraim Shamir, Hayadata Etaderich. My name is Mayor Weingarten. <laughs> Get your name right. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
William Shamir, formerly of Pugi. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. On Thursday night, at approximately 2 a.m. between July 30th and the 31st, two houses in the Arab village of Duma, just south of, of Shechem, were torched, set ablaze, by arsonist terrorists. The occupants, the Dawabsha family, were severely burned. They could not get to their infant child in time. And Ali, the little baby, died in the fire. Spray-painted on the walls nearby in Hebrew were the words Nikama, Revenge, and Yechi Melech HaMashiach. This is graffiti that is typical of those left behind by what is known in Israel as Tag Mechir. Tag Mechir is translated as a price tag. This is a Jewish vigilante terrorist organization that has decided that there has to be a price tag and that their price tag for Arab terrorism and that they're the ones who are going to decide what it is. In the past, their worst violations, Tag Mechir, were spraying graffiti on, a, on an Arab mosque or a, on a Christian church. And although no one, no one has been caught for setting this fire in the, in the small village of Duma, the prevailing assumption in Israel across all political and religious lines is that this murder was perpetrated by Jews. That's event number one. Number two, not in chronological order clearly. On Thursday, July the 30th, there was what is called a gay pride parade in Jerusalem. In midst of the march, a person dressed in Haredi clothes took a knife out of his bag and began stabbing, stabbing the participants. And by the way, this is all recorded, there's pictures of the man reaching into his bag, taking out the knife, raising the knife, plunging it. It's sadly all vividly available for everyone to see. Six people were injured, two seriously. That was on Thursday, yesterday. One of those two 17-year-old Shira Bank died from her wounds. The murderer, and that's what he is now, he is a murderer, is Yishai Schlissel. And it turns out that for the past several years, he was in jail. In fact, he was just released from prison three weeks ago. And what was he sitting in prison for? Well, ten years ago, 
in 2005, he also came down to the gay pride parade in Jerusalem, and guess what? He stabbed a bunch of people. Then, there were only light injuries, and no one thankfully then was killed. Well, he was caught, and he sat in jail. He was released, and three weeks later, he does the same thing again. Two murders, two horrific, horrific deeds. Life, innocent life, young innocent life, taken. These two murders should trouble us, and they do trouble us. We should be both sad and angry about these murders. You know, you can be vehemently against gay marriage. You can be against everything that the gay lobbyists do. Yet no one, no one in their right mind, even the most anti-gay activists, can condone murder. One can believe that many, some might say most, of the Arabs in Yehudan Shamron are our enemies and want to see us dead. Maybe. But even if you believe that, no one, no one other than Tzal, the IDF, guided by the democratically elected government of Israel, has the right to take the law into their own hands in any way, shape, or form. These are unequivocal truths. We need to work at educating anyone that we believe may be straying from the Jewish path and may carry out acts of violence. We have to stop them before they do it. In every fashion, we have to, even if it, even, I believe, even if it means going to the shin bed or to the police. We need to do it, of course, first and foremost, through education. Clearly, a small yet active group of some 50 to 100 Jews have gone off to Derech. Let's, uh, let's put it that way. And while the number of their deeds, their offenses, has gone down, for example, in 2011, there were 568 anti-Arab incidents carried out by this group. 568. The number has gone down almost every year. And from January to June of 2015 of this year, there have been 141. So even if that's only half a year, let's say we double it. So it's like 300, that's down from 568. But while in the past the incidents were spray painting graffiti and such, the the severity now of these events has risen sharply. Burning of churches recently in the Galil, and now the murder of a young child. We need to put an end to this. We should not support this even in the slightest way. Really, we have to remember that every person, unless we know that he is going to kill us, we have no excuse to just go and murder people and stab people or burn people, should be so obvious. We shouldn't we, we shouldn't quietly feel it's okay because it's an Arab. It's not. And we must remember that. And we must give this message over to everybody, to our children, and to anybody who we are in charge of, anyone who we educate, and anyone who's ready to listen. There is more. We'll continue. 
After Yamim Shal Sheket with Lola, yeah, that's what we need, a little bit of quiet. Yamim Shal Sheket. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Gdola with Yamim Shel Sheket, days of, of a little bit of quiet, a little bit of, uh, we don't mean quiet in the, in the sense of, of the decibel levels. We mean, we mean some, some peace and quiet in that sense. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for being a part of what we do here. We are here each and every Monday, immediately following JMDAM Live and on demand via the Nachum Siegel Network app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on via iTunes. We're talking about the events of Israel of last week. We spoke about the two murders, one an Arab and one a Jew. And now we continue to examine the facts. What happened? What was the uh, response, the aftermath of these two events? On Motzei Shabbat on Saturday night, there were two mass rallies. One in Yerushalayim and one in Tel Aviv. The one in Tel Aviv was planned long ago, before the events of Thursday. It was planned by the gay activists and lobbyists as they tried to change the law in Israel similar to what happened here in the United States. But, after the murder, well, it wasn't yet a murder, they didn't know on Saturday night that the young girl was going to die on Sunday, but after the stabbing attack that took place in Yerushalayim by someone who was dressed like a Haredi, and after the torching of an Arab home in the village of Duma and the resulting death of an infant child Ali Ali Dawabsha these protest rallies became much bigger a huge crowd assembled in Tel Aviv and the leftists started their campaign okay I should say just before that sentence I should say Ad Khan, up till here, were the facts. And I'll give you a few more facts, and then I'll discuss the campaign <laughs> of the left, which is more opinion than fact. Well, I think it's fact, but it's my opinion. Okay. At the rally in Tel Aviv, it was announced that the Minister of Education, Aftali Bennett, would address the rally. He agreed to do so. Now remember that this is a activist gay rally and that Naftali Bennett felt enough openness to go before that crowd and talk to them. Not to agree with everything that they say, but to talk to them and have them hear what he has to say. It was announced that that Minister Naftali Bennett would address the rally. The crowd went crazy, booing, shouting, cursing. And the feedback was so intense that the organizers called Naftali Bennett and said, don't come. Minister Yuval Steinitz, a member of the Likud, a minister in the Israeli government, came to the rally. 
and addressed the crowd. And throughout his speech, the crowd yelled and booed and heckled. They came with these gloves, white gloves that had red, looking like blood stains on the front. And they held up their hands, showing as if, you know, the murderers. They're, they're, they're branding those who, who are speaking, in this case, Yuval Steinitz, as someone who has blood on his hands. Okay, those are the facts. Now let me tell you what I think is, uh, is happening. Because I've been through this. I was in Israel on the night that Yitzhak Rabin was murdered. Several years ago, I wrote about it, and our dear friend Mayor Furtick was kind enough to publish it in the Jewish Star, which he edited at that time. I wrote about it in uh, 2008. What happened? Yigal Amir, someone who conducted an orthodox religious lifestyle up until that point, wore kippah, studied at Barilan, murdered the Prime Minister of Israel. He thought he was doing a heroic deed. He thought he would stop the Oslo process. That night, I was sitting with a friend at a very small restaurant in Yerushalayim. It was, it was really a beautiful Saturday night in November. We drove up to the restaurant, and as we left the car, we heard a news report. It was very confused, but basically it said that there were shots heard at the pro-Oslo rally in Tel Aviv. No one knows where they came from, but the announcer assured everybody that Rabin and Paris are all fine and left the scene. And so we went into the restaurant, my friend and I, and we sat at a table. And there were two other tables. There were all of three tables that night, and, and I can see it. We were one. The table not far from us was an Israeli family, the father wearing kipasuga with a beard, the mother, simple head covering, and the daughter, jean skirt, long sleeve top. You get the picture? One could say they probably live somewhere in Yehuda and Shamron. They, they, they were the stereotypical quote-unquote settler look. The next table over was a, a middle-aged Israeli hosting three friends from America. And the Israeli, to stereotype him, was a secular, what we'd call Tzfoni Jew, Tzfon Tel Aviv, upper class Ashkenazi, northern Tel Aviv kind of person. And his small group were, were conversing in English. And then, at that table, a cell phone rings. And, and the quote unquote Tzfoni picks it up, and he just begins hollering, piercing the calm of the meal. No, no, it's not possible. I mean, it's a small room and it shook. He jumps out of his chair. He looks like he, he, like fire in his eyes, hatred. He wants to kill somebody. And he runs into the kitchen at the front of the restaurant and he yells, turn on the radio, turn on the radio. They shot the prime minister. And a few seconds goes by, go by. And then he notices the other table, the quote-unquote settler's table. And in a fit of rage, this guy runs to their table, points his finger at, at this family, and starts yelling at them, Atem Hashemim! At 
Atem Hashemim. You, plural, Atem, referring to everybody. You are all guilty. And then he grabbed the edge of the table and literally tossed it up in the air. It was like, I, I see it, I can see it now. I see the table flying, the tablecloth as if it's suspended in midair, all in slow motion. The dishes crashing to the floor. The family sort of like regaining their balance, their faces are frozen in disbelief. And quickly a restaurant employee races over to this man and, and, and pulls him away. The problem was that he wasn't alone, this man. The man that shouted out at one family of three people that he never met before and knows nothing about, Atem HaShemim, you are all responsible for the murder of Yitzhak Rabin because he heard that the person was wearing a kippah. Over the next days and weeks, I can tell you from personal experience, Israel was consumed, not only by mourning, but also by hate. Here's what I wrote in the article when I described this whole event. Many on the left, the leftists, whose lives ostensibly are devoted to compassion and tolerance towards others, let loose a barrage of hate aimed at an entire population of Atem. The same newsmen and commentators and actors and authors who so often invoke collective punishment to save the the evil of quote-unquote collective punishment, to save the homes of Arab murderers from destruction, had no problem indicting all religious Zionists for the reprehensible act of one person. The masks were off. The hatred, the rage harbored for years, boiling within, came pouring out. It came out in the media and in the public discourse as uncontrollably as it had in the restaurant with finger-pointing cries of Atem. And the irony of ironies is that I'd lived most of my life outside of Israel, surrounded by non-Jews, in, in quintessential urban America. Yet it was only then, in the heart of Jerusalem, in our Jewish state, only then I first witnessed an anti-Semitic attack. A hate crime against Jews. Ironically, it was by another Jew. And that night I mourned the political assassination of a Jew by a Jew and I cried over a rift in the Jewish people that was pried open and continues to grow. That's what I wrote in 2008 about the events of the night that Yitzhak Rabin was murdered. And that's the way many in Israel feel today. That the left is using the events that happened to delegitimize entire communities and populations of Israel. We'll continue after Chaim Yisrael and Mitoch HaHastara. This song becomes yet again very, very important and very poignant. Mayor Weingarten, 
This is the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. But Rab Nachman, Rab Nachman, no one.
Chaim Yisrael with Mitocha Hastara. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, the amazing organization that is dedicated entirely to helping Olim make their way to Israel successfully. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's not easy. It's not easy to pick up and leave the United States and, and go to Israel, even though we feel that Israel's home. It's a different language. It's a different culture. The kids have to get used to school. It is not easy. But thankfully, there's a great organization like Nefesh Benefesh that does so many different, in, in so many different ways, helps those who want to make Aliyah. They have needs-based financial aid, employment resources. They help you manage the government bureaucracy, community-based guidance and support. And, of course, the great Nefesh Benefesh charter flights that get your alias started on the right foot. Two weeks from today, August the 17th, Nachum will be joining yet another one of the Nefesh Benefesh charter flights, and he'll be broadcasting from from the event itself and recording interviews and such. Stay tuned for that as we get closer. The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. We're talking about the situation in Israel. We're talking about the murder, but we're also talking about the fractured society that is yet again showing itself. Uh, is the former chief of staff of um, of President Obama, Rahm Emanuel, who said that you should never let a crisis go without utilizing it for your own purposes. I don't remember the exact uh, phraseology. And unfortunately, the leftists in Israel, this is what they're doing. They're using these two events for political purposes, to delegitimize the right, the quote-unquote settlers, to dehumanize them, to make them all out to be murderers and violent, crazy people. The Haredim. And what's amazing, what's amazing is, that this parade is definitely like poking a finger in the eye of a Haredi person. And it takes place in Jerusalem every year. The activists in the gay community don't say, you know what, maybe it's not appropriate. The city has such a great... a tremendous percentage population of religious and Haredi people. Maybe it's not appropriate for us to march here. No, we're going to march. Okay. It's your right. Freedom of speech. Maybe insensitive, but that's your right. And they march every year. And twice this happened, and it's the same guy. One, I would like to say crazy person. That's one too many. But clearly... To go and brandish all Haredim with the same brush. And you know who really is guilty here? The police. The Israeli police. They're getting no criticism by the left. But they're the ones at fault. 
Because they knew that this crazy man was out of prison. They knew that he was free. He said out loud that he would do it again. Why didn't they have somebody watching him on the day that they're having this parade so that he doesn't do it again after he's been just released from prison three weeks ago? Oh no, it's the Haredim. It's them. And it's the settlers. It's them. It's the Atem. This is, these are, are, are people on the left who call for tolerance of others, for accepting the one who's different, for liberalism, for openness. Unfortunately, and I don't want to brush everybody with, with, with a broad brush. But on the left, they also need to do some soul searching because there's way too much hatred. Way too much hatred. Real, deep animosity for people who disagree with them. And last week we spoke about how Yair Lapid, nine years ago, before he was a politician, wrote one of his longest articles, two-page spread of his weekly article, usually is one was one page. A two-page spread on the weekend did Yorachronot about the reason that the whole Gaza expulsion took place wasn't really because of defense purposes or, or, or because of anything else other than we have to teach the settlers where their rightful place is. We gotta put them in their rightful place and show them that they're not the boss. We gotta knock them down a few pegs. That's what he wrote. We read it last week. You're gonna rip people out of their homes, rip up entire communities in order to show them that, that, that they're not in control, so to speak. I mean, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. I want to read to you quickly. And by the way, I, I, I should, well, you know what? Let me read this to you. I'm, I'm going to read to you a few paragraphs from an article that was written by Arel Segal. Arel Segal is a very interesting uh, person. He's a religious Zionist. It was a, a, a time in his life, he's probably in his 30s, a time in his life where he removed his kippah, he was no longer religious, and then he um, put it back on. As he himself attests to, he is a journalist, both written and he's on the radio and on television in Israel. He has a uh, daily show on uh, Galay Israel called Los Temetaped, doesn't shut his mouth. He's very vociferous, to say the least. And interestingly, before the uh, previous election, he was offered a guaranteed spot in the Knesset by the Likud. Benjamin Netanyahu called him over, had a meeting with him, said, I will give you a spot on the Likud ticket. I mean, you know how many people are dreaming of that? The number 11 spot. You're guaranteed to be a member of Knesset. And he turned it down. I have a, a, a lot of respect for him. He turned it down because he said, I am a good journalist. I would be a bad Knesset member. I would rather use my talents to support you, Mr. Netanyahu, as a journalist, a good journalist, <laughs> than as a bad Knesset member. Wow. And so he writes in uh, on NRG, which is uh, affiliated with Mariv and Makorishon. The, the headline is Retzach Tinok Aravi, the murder of an Arab baby, Nogel Lelev Hasmol 
is is seen by the left with more compassion than if a Jewish baby is killed. That's that is it, it, that that's quite a statement. And I'm going to read to you the last few uh, last three paragraphs. He writes, I wish that I could believe that the sadness is authentic. The sadness of those who are now who who are who are now um, blaming and condemning the right wing. All of the right wing for um, inciting to murder. By the way, at the rally in Tel Aviv, Shimon Peres basically said that Benjamin Netanyahu is partly to blame. He said, "Someone who incites against Arab citizens of Israel," and in that he was clearly referring to the statement that Netanyahu made on election day. Shouldn't be surprised. This is such a shocking statement. Shouldn't be surprised when they burn down churches and mosques. Shouldn't be surprised that at the end they burn alive a baby in the middle of the night. That that is code for Benjamin Netanyahu. You're also to blame for this. Arel Segal continues, I wish that 1% of the sorrow, of the compassion that the left showed the Palestinian Arab family would be shown toward Jewish families whose loved ones were killed by Arab terror. The Shariki family, the Biton family. How many Jews have been murdered in the last few months? And how many loud protests have we heard from the left? And you know what? Not only didn't they protest, continues R.L. Segal, Zuchurim al-Madibru, why were they taking, why were they hitchhiking? Why did they go to this place or that place which was not secure? Why do we continue the quote-unquote occupation which incites them? And mostly, when Jews are murdered by Arabs, they're just silent. And here, oh my gosh, Yonatan Geffen, the singer, is running to the hospital to visit the family. The mother of Adele Biton, the little girl that was uh, in the car driving with her family and had rocks thrown at them by Arabs, and later she died recently. She died in uh, February at the age of four. Her mother got on the radio yesterday and asked, how come the President of Israel, who went to visit the family in the hospital, the burn victims, how come 
How come he never came to visit my daughter who was in the hospital for a very long time? And that's a good question. And that's the question that many people are raising, such as R.L. Segal and others. Why is it that these two cases can create this huge, huge response in Israel by the left? He says, How many times have the left explained to us, Oh, you know why they're murdering now? You know why the Arabs are angry? Oh, because of Takmichir. You know why? Because of what's going on on Harabayit. You know why? Oh, it's, it's, it, no, it's, it's a lone wolf. There are always some reasons. They never, never will say, Oh, the Palestinians as a collective, they're all to blame. The Arabs are all to blame. They're violent people. No, but they don't have a problem doing that to the right. And so the left has to have some soul-searching and see why it is that the death of an Arab baby is more touching to them and means more to them. And they feel more obligated to grieve than the murder of a Jewish baby. I don't have the answer to that other than politics. I think the left in Israel see that their power is fading. They see that with time, the left is literally like going away, like merits. It's, it's disappearing. They see that the right wing in Israel is getting stronger and stronger that most of the populace in Israel understand that it's a dead end. We, we can't broker a peace treaty with the Arabs. We just have to live with what we have now. And the left can't deal with that. So they use this for political purposes. They're frustrated about the election lost. And they want to delegitimize the others, the settlers, the right. And here we are again. And here we are again. All three events, to me, three events, two murders and the horrific fracturing of the society caused me tremendous depression and and I ache. I literally ache. And I end off with the following. Let us remember something. While all this is going on, while we are pointing fingers at each other, while we are booing each other, our enemies are working on a nuke, on a nuclear bomb. Iran is going to have a bomb that can exterminate Israel. It can exterminate us. The United States is allowing it to happen. And we are busy fighting amongst ourselves. Sound familiar? The Romans are on the doorstep. And we're busy fighting amongst ourselves. Sin'at Chinam was not a punishment. The Churban, the, the destruction of the Second Temple and of the State of Israel of the time, any sovereignty that the Jews had at the time was also destroyed. It was not a punishment for Sin'at Chinam, it was the result of Sin'at Chinam. And if we're not careful, it happens to us too. 
We're going to end off with Evyatar Banai and Samalachanafshi in the traditional Chabad melody. Our soul thirsts for God. But before we do that, as we do each and every week, we close out. We say thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your Facebook likes and comments, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. We're going to post later on during the day links to uh, the songs we played. I'll try and post a link to the article that I read from that I wrote back in 2008, 2008 about the night of the murder of Yitzhak Rabin and other articles that we quoted, other news. And during the week, we also post things of interest. So hopefully you'll um, take a, a look and give us a like as you do have a listen. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, and my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, encore presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, following JM in the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Oh uh-huh.